Welcome to Kick Back with Chris, the martial arts podcast. Brought to you by www.mitmaster.com. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Kickback with Chris, the martial arts podcast. See, I have managed to keep up with the regular uploads. I said I was going to do it. I know I've said that a few times before, but I'm actually doing it this time. I've got a bit more free time at the minute with all this lockdown stuff. Actually, saying that, I ended up with a little bit more free time than planned. Um, as for the third time, I've ended up stuck in my house in isolation. The joys of kids and them getting ill and all that sort of stuff. Any parents out there will know what I mean, especially if your kids are at school at the minute. Absolute nightmare. But hey, we're all in it together, aren't we? So uh, this week's episode's a bit of a busy one, so I'm not going to keep you too much with this intro because uh, we're going to be jumping straight over pretty soon, anyway, uh, to my interview with Giovanni from the British Martial Arts and Boxing Association, who's actually been on for a previous episode way, way, way back in March, just before all of this chaos with lockdown and coronavirus and everything else all started. Um, so if you want to listen to that one first, you can go back and then come back to this one. Although saying that, this one's a good listen either way. And um, we have a good chat about what the, the group um, are going through themselves, what they're going to be doing in the future to help martial artists and school owners. And we talk about some relevant topics, you know, with all this stuff that's going on at the minute. Also, um, I'm going to be joined later on by Mr. Matthew Chapman, um, chatting through some of the more current things that are going on in the industry with regards to his work in the online presence world and all that sort of stuff. So lots to discuss. Now, before we go to either of those two things, I just want to say a personal thank you to all the people out there that have taken on board my, well, I, I took the mick a little bit. I'm allowed to, it's my own podcast. Um, but last episode, uh, some of you might remember, I was talking a little bit about a challenge that my daughter's doing at the minute to raise money for a local uh, charity called Shine21 who provides services for children or younger children aged 0 to 5 years of age uh, with Down syndrome. Now, my youngest daughter, who's 11 months old, has Down syndrome, and we will be relying on some of the services that Shine 21 are providing um, to help with their development uh, prior to going to school. And, well, what can I say? You guys have got behind it, um, the, the wider community. She was actually on BBC Radio York yesterday, so she's managed to get her radio career off to a better start than mine already at nine years of age. Um, so she was interviewed by one of the presenters there. Um, who very, very kindly then, they've uploaded it onto BBC Sound's website now, so she's a proper little superstar. Here's me with my podcast. And my nine-year-old daughter is already on the BBC Sound's website. So um, if you want to get up to date more about what she's doing, if you head over to justgiving.com forward slash imani, that's I-M-A-N-I, justgiving.com forward slash imani, and you keep up to date with everything on there. We've actually started up a Facebook group for now as well or a Facebook like page, um, because people are wanting to see what she's doing, what she's up to. And um, We're around about the 500 flip mark now. For those that don't know, she's trying to raise £2,521, which you've actually increased by £1,000 now, due to everybody's kindness. So she's trying to raise £2,521 by the end of this month by doing 1,021 flips, um, which averages out at around about 50 a day. Um, so she's doing them on air tracks, she's doing them on trampoline. She's thankfully not on the sofa, uh, because we've had enough of that already when she was younger. Um, but yeah, as I say, she's just over 500 flips now, and uh, it's going really well. Uh, how she's managing to keep up with it, I have 
absolutely no idea. I would be wrecked after 10, let alone 500. Um, so yeah, if you can keep the support coming, whether it's sharing the links, donating a few quid, it all helps. Anyway, I'm going to stop taking advantage of my own podcast now. And what we're going to do is we're going to jump straight over to my interview with Giovanni, and then I'll catch you on the other side. You're listening to Kick Back with Chris, the martial arts podcast, brought to you by www.onlinekicking.co.uk. Okay, guys, so joining me on the phone now, we have Giovanni from the British Martial Arts and Boxing Association, and I know that off by heart now. Well done, Chris. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> you did well. You did want to get through that. That's a, that's a I'll one. give myself a sticker. <laughs> yeah. It's difficult because there's there's uh, lots of different groups with different names with different oh, abbreviations, and it's initials. Gets, and I think half the time trying to get the initial, just knowing what who the initials relate to is uh, is half the half the job. But I think the last time we checked, there was 181 associations in the UK operating at some level, or you know, big or small. So uh, wow. that's something I have now. 181. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what it came back to. It was something in the high, in the high hundreds. I'm sure it was 181, 182. It was, uh, I mean, that obviously sweeps up some of the smaller sort of star specifics that would be perhaps operating regionally. But uh, yeah, nearly 200 mm. of us. Well, for the regular listeners that have been with us from the start, you'll probably remember, guys, that we actually spoke back in March. Uh, it was the beginning of March. It was uh, before all of this happened. Um, so the, the industry was in a very, very, very different place back then to, to what it is now. Um, so I thought it would be good to you know have you back on and, and just just sort of touch upon some of those changes yeah, sure. that have happened in in that gap. I mean, I mean for you guys, obviously you've you've been from obviously looking um, looking on social media, you've been growing. I know you've moved offices, um, yeah, yeah. so you've been scaling up whilst all of this has been going on. Yeah, it's, it's the worst timing for it, isn't it? It really is. So we had, I think when we discussed it in March, we were on a quite a fast growth curve, which we've been on mm. for the last few years. Um, and we were halfway into the plans anyway when the pandemic hit. But we've had a sort of a double whammy this year, whereby we've had to scale up to scale up the help for our clubs. But in doing so, we've, we've grown our membership base substantially. And we've had a sort of a self-perpetuating mm. growth rate over the summer. Like, we can't quite work out yet if it's because some of the bigger associations have perhaps slowed down or stopped or, or sort of hibernated a bit during lockdown yeah. or if it's just a, a, sh- a shift in the industry, people may perhaps moving to different organisations having a look around and maybe looking at the alternatives. But uh, we, we've moved so fast, we've had to take on an entirely new office and, and we're now, as we speak, um, working downstairs to, to bring the second part of the office on, on track as well. So we've, we've, it, it, the worst timing imaginable to try and um, grow your team yeah. and grow your office, but it's... Uh, yeah, it's been a, it's been a busy year. Yeah, I, I suppose there's been a, an upsurge in you know the amount of instructors out there uh, looking for advice, yes. looking for help. Um, and you know, if it's okay for me to say, um, you guys have been one of the leaders in that. I would say with with regards to sort of balanced information. Um, Thank you, a lot of times, I've seen people that they'll, they'll jump out with, "Okay, guys, this is what everybody needs to do right now," and yes. then the next day go, "Actually, no, don't do that." Thing we told you to do yesterday <laughs> and it's yeah. like oh uh, what's yeah, um and i've noticed that you guys have been quite balanced in that you've said well this is what we feel may be happening but pending any further we, we try to be yeah, yeah we try to be balanced so we we, we have a team well 10 of us already well 10 of us and counting at the moment staff wise but in terms of the actual core team working here so we're lucky to have a policy expert who has experience in, in not quite this pandemic level planning but in a similar line of policy management and uh, I have an insurance background as well. So we've tried to keep a level head, but it's, it's that balance, isn't it, between not being 
if you look at the news, like the newspapers, not going so far out straight away with a full, big, glossy headline, yeah. but also not being so slow to react. That, yes, that, that it's a difficult balance. It is, it is. With social media, you know what it's like. It comes around so quickly and you can't stay quiet because then you give room for um, some of the more, or some of the stranger things out there on social media to become the big story, if you like. Yeah. And, so, and trying to talk to government guidelines is always is, is always going to be near impossible with um, the caveats. It is, and, it, and, you know, at certain points as well. I mean, I suppose at the moment... We're in a sort of a bit of a lull, aren't we? A bit of a dip yes. now. Everybody's everyone's locked down again. We all like, <laughs> finally. We all well, now know we, where we stand. Wales are obviously on the yes. way out, so they're back to the mat. So yes. we've had that side of the fence. But yeah, certainly in England, it's it, for the first time I think since March, most of us feel like we we understand what's expected that we we can't really be teaching. With a few caveats still moving around. So some some private schools and sort of boarding schools seem to have exemptions and some very strange sort of homeschooling setups. And so there are still those very hard to negotiate sort of caveats where the councils and even to lesser extent the government themselves don't really have an answer for. Yeah. But certainly the, I think the bulk of us know where we stand now. Yeah, well, I mean, the goalposts have been moving around so much. I mean, I don't ever remember a time where, in fact, I, there's never been a time where there's been so many changes to legislation and things yeah. that we can and can't Absolutely. do within the industry. I, I, this, well, I don't remember any prior to this, really. No, um, no not at all. Not at all. We had a, a planning session actually last year, or a conference we went to on continuously planning for policy intervention. And the whole point was around how do you adapt your governance to changing government legislation. And then we're talking about this three-year horizon of risk in which you have two to three years of something coming down the line. So if it's a change in, I don't know, DBS, you know, safeguarding provisions, for example, you've normally got three years head start on the legislation before it kicks in and obviously the pandemic has been moving on a daily basis and the government yeah. have been doing this um this knee-jerk public release mm. but the details have been two or three days behind so you've got this big vacuum in which you sort of roughly know where you think it's going to go but sport's always at the bottom of the pile anyway and the guidance for sport is so ominous the martial arts being unregulated obviously falls off that grid even further so it's, it's, i'm sure you know it's been the same for you and everybody else it's been yeah. um Oops, see, trying right. to work out whether you can open with your car. Yep, sorry, lost you there for a moment. But yeah, um, on the most recently, um, with the recent bunch of, of regulations that came out, that was a particularly frustrating one because we were all told we were going back down again yeah. the yeah. weekend following the the government leak. Um, and so I, like everybody, we all put our planning in, and then at the the, the last moment. The yes. gossip suddenly drops. Hey, martial arts schools or uh, kids' activities might be able to stay open. Yep. And that day was the longest day of my life. I it remember. was awful. It was awful, wasn't it? I, I think actually we, we spoke on that day as well. Yeah. From what I remember, and it was just one of those days where it doesn't stop. Yep. Yep. You know, we've got everything planned, everything in place. And then, you know, we've got kids arriving, parents arriving. Oh, well, we'll see you in four weeks. And I'm thinking, well, I don't know, actually. I mean, it might be tomorrow. I just, we don't know. And, you know, the, the, and I can see, I can put, you know, I can see where the confusion has come from it because, I mean, I'm not an expert on, on writing this, this legal paperwork, but it was, it was incredibly, I mean, we, we, even in the case we have an enforcement officer in Wigan <laughs> getting confused by it. Yes. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it, it's, it's, from what I could read of it, there was um, a, a part on, say, I think it was about page six, and then the next set of guidance on page 19 that referred to the description on page six. So people were skipping to that end part yes, and going, yeah. oh, it says here, sports, you know, children's activities can continue. 
yeah. not knowing that there'd be in a section that actually outlines what they mean by children's Quite. activity. So confusing. Yeah, even even we had our, our feathers ruffled slightly because we initially interpreted it to be no, it's not going to be an exception. And then a, a very large city council, I won't name them, but a very very large city council said that they could continue. And then we suddenly had this vision. We thought, well, hold on a minute. In fact, they they must be informed from somewhere official. And we had this mad scramble. We actually got to the point at about eleven o'clock in the morning where we'd put out an initial post about seven o'clock. So we we went straight on to say we don't know, but we're going to follow it down. And then the legislation didn't come out from the government as early as expected because it was delayed. And we actually all kind of, the first time since March, we sat back in our chairs and thought, we actually don't know. We're going to have to just, just mm. we actually don't have an answer. There's no, there's no credible answer we can give people right now because even we are so confused. It's um, So, I mean, for, for clubs themselves, it must have been the most agonising way. Yeah, it was it was incredibly frustrating. And I mean, I remember it got to the point when I, I, was, I was speaking to my, my dad, who's also my business partner, and I said, look, it's too late in the day now for us to make a decision. We're going to have to just yes. be closed. We're going to have to be closed tomorrow now, yep. no matter what. Sure. Which was incredibly frustrating um, because, you know, that's the last thing we want to be doing. Um, and then I remember it got to the point where I just said, Look, I've made a decision, we're closed, no matter what. We're going. And then as it would happen, it then started filtering out, you know, British Gymnastics started, then the, the, yes. the English Boxing Federation, all that. They all started putting out their press releases stating they were closing. I was like, I actually, and, and, and it, was, it was a very... It was a funny one because, you know, in my nature, I want to be open and I want to be serving and I want to be doing all the things that we do. But it was actually almost a moment of relief in that, right, we know what we're doing now. We can we can work with something. Yes, it was, yes. yeah, Couldn't agree more. it was so, so, so difficult. Um, and, and then, of course, the inevitable fallout of, you know, everybody, you know, different people wanting to do different things, different opinions on it. Some staying open, some closing and. Yes, I that's no, probably one to stay away from on the conversation. <laughs> yeah, I think we could go all day on this. Is that I think the the overall there's going to be a period I think next year of looking back on the way this was handled by certain um, areas of, of and I'm not just talking about our industry. I'm talking about sports governance more generally across the board and the government's response to it. I think we'll all we'll all draw a fairly similar conclusion as to yeah. how much clarity and how much help we've had. And I mean, um, one thing that I'm I'm wondering from all of this is whether this might um open up a lot of instructors or, or groups that that eyes to the the, the the possibility of the idea of being more open to to different policies and different procedures and yes. um because we've been just to, let, let's be honest as an industry we've just been cracking on however we want to for yeah. the last however many decades yeah. yes. just you know what we want to do this we'll do it no we've got no one to answer to we'll just do it anyway um and you know the the, the results of that have been you know, it's, it's allowed some people to flourish creatively, but it's also allowed some people to get away with yeah. things that they shouldn't really sure. be doing. Um, and I, I just wonder if you know um, this might set the industry on a on a more positive path going forwards. Um, I don't know yeah. what your thoughts might be on that one. I, no, I think you're right. I mean, it's the first time in in what, eight or nine years for BNBA that we've seen councils and the venues actually asking us proper questions about insurance viability mm-hmm. and, and asking the right questions about someone's entitlement to teach until now I think it's been this thing where if you hire a venue they say well what's your qualifications and the instructor says I'm a black belt and if they're wearing the black belt at the time even better because the venue go well we don't know what that means but it sounds all right so okay off you go <laughs> and it's the first time ever we've had clubs coming back to us saying oh actually that insurance stuff I've got actually I've noticed you know and the most bizarre things that people haven't checked my styles aren't right my date of birth's wrong or, and, and I think because everybody has been so sort of I hate the word COVID secure mm. they've They've not been for the very first time. Venues are scrutinising those people hiring their venues and looking for 
the ins and outs in terms of the documentation, risk assessments, health and safety, insurance, and so on and so forth. And that's forced the clubs to make sure they put it in place, probably again for the very first time in many years for some of those clubs. So I think you're right. I think there's definitely it's definitely showing people that there is a, a governance framework in which martial arts doesn't really have a great deal of footing and how badly or how bad we can get treated as an mm. industry by not mm. having that in place when it all goes wrong. Yeah, and I think, you know, um, again, the possibility with, with, from all of this is that there might be room now to actively encourage instructors and school owners to get on board with the idea of, look, we need to start regulating this properly yeah. because we yeah. will be in a much better position uh, when this comes around again. Not oh, if, wouldn't cause... we? Wouldn't we just? I mean, we've, oh, I, I just I can't believe we missed the window in the middle of this. I, yeah. We tried. We tried to get it out there, but it, I just it's so frustrating this this yeah. sort of unification thing because I know that whenever we say that word, it's, it's sort of elephant in the room, and people think, "Oh no, here we go again. Mm. Let's make a massive federation, and someone's going to fight to be a chairman, and all this sort of stuff starts." But just during this, we've managed to build bridges with a few organisations who've just wanted to talk to us, and we've had those discussions, and we have those news briefings. It's so handy picking up the phone and talking to another large organization and saying, what did you think about that? How are you reading that? How are you mm. briefing your guys and girls later? What What are you going to say? And to have a joint sort of task force, if you like, in which it makes sense and someone will spot something you've missed and vice yeah. versa. And I just, it's so frustrating we didn't quite manage to get it, it, it's, some of the bigger I, names on board this absolutely. year. Absolutely. I mean, from your end what you're doing it must be frustrating but i will say i mean i'm not a spokesperson for the martial arts industry in the uk but <laughs> i'm on the phone right now to you so i will say it from from my side as an instructor and a school owner it is ridiculous this is not aimed at you directly this is a white a broader statement sure, sure. it's ridiculous that we're in this position that inst- associations or organizations they, they they can't work together for the common good of everybody because it's ultimately what it's about you know, it, it's it's not about who has the most stripes on the belt. It's not about how many teeth you've kicked out of some bloke's face. It, it, it's not, a, you know, and, and, and sometimes it can become about this chest puffing, you know. Oh, well, I'm a ninth Dan, so I'm not going to answer to you because you're yes. not even a fifth Dan. And it's, yeah, it's like, yeah, but that's got absolutely nothing to do with this situation at all in the slightest. And, you know, having a unified voice, having a group of, of associations, like today, I've had a, you know, we organized a, a Zoom conference um, just for a group of instructors That's just to that. have a chat. Brilliant. And Brilliant. imagine, you know, the, the Prime Minister announces um, there's going to be a, a lockdown announcement come in on Monday. And you can jump on Zoom with eight other heads from different associations and say, right, what, what do we think? What are we going to say? What are we going to put out? So everybody puts out the same yes, thing. Exactly right. So you've not, got, field. you've not got Fred from the Karate Association saying, well, we're staying open. And, and Sarah from the Taekwondo Association saying, well, we're shutting. And then they're all going, well, they've said this and they've said that. And, and we're all doing Quite the same right. thing. It's just Quite crazy. Right. It, it is. It is. And we could have, there was an opportunity during the middle of just, we were just gearing up before lockdown struck to, to petition the government to do something about this and to take it seriously. And, and it's just that credibility matter. Again, if you can go to government and you can say, look, we've got eight organizations. 200,000 people in the UK that is such a large scale because people don't understand outside of our circles how big martial arts is they say oh it's karate or judo they don't understand the disciplines being broken down into sub-styles or sub-disciplines and just how many people participate and I think the latest statistics we always lean on and I think this is outdated now this is probably dated to 20 I think the survey is 2014 to 15 by Statistica that says that martial arts contributes more participants than rugby and cricket combined wow. absolutely massive and I mean 
how they get to this figures, who knows? But but it makes sense because everybody knows the different schools, different styles, different substyles, etc. And if you can go to the government and say we represent two hundred thousand people collectively, all these different organisations, we've all got our own interests, but we have joint interests in keeping clubs open safely. Here is one agreed upon return to play policy approved by all the experts from different associations. That is a voice that's very hard for the media and for government to not speak or to not engage with. But when you have what's probably been happening now for the last few months, one association of 10,000 goes to speak to government and then the next of six goes and then the next of 12 goes and the next of 30 yeah. goes. And you just have this backwards and forwards where the, I think even the government will say, so we've, I mean, we've had this, we've been talking to the Secretary for Sport or the Under Secretary for Sport, um, Heritage and Tourism on a return to play guidance, which was very, which was making good progress before lockdown came in. But it was the case of, well, we, we were in talks with martial arts and you think, well, who are you in talks with? And mm. Presumably, Sport England's in the mix, obviously, with some of their organisations. But then they say, well, we've spoken to other organisations, but we don't know who they are. How do they fit in? And it just it just distracts so much from uh, what could have by now. I'm sure we could have had a return to play with pad work and partner work permitted, where everybody yeah. knows where they stand, rather than, as you say, some organisations saying it's safe, some saying you can't, some saying you can't. It's, um, it, it's frustrating. Really yeah, and it, and it would be it's it's less confusion for the members. It's 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 got to be less work for everybody else involved as well. If 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 everybody is on the same call and and you know it's it's got to be it's, it's got to it, be it's just common what, sense. I can't I can't for the life of me understand why people can't look beyond and what it is. It's martial arts ego. I'll I'll just say yeah. it. Why can't yeah. why they can't look beyond the martial arts ego elements of it and put the greater good of the sport, of the activity, of their students, of, you know, uh, of, of the, the school owners and businesses, the people yeah, out there that are, we know ultimately losing their schools because of, of, because of some of these decisions. It's their life's work, their legacy and their life's work is going yeah. down, the, down the pan. And I mean, even the selfish interest, the association itself would make more money and yes. be bigger and better if their members are teaching. And the best way of getting the members to teach is to get clear guidance from government that allows them to do so. And the best way of doing that is taking as many voices as possible to them in one concise, joined-up document, if you like, and saying this is just one tick box for you to tick, mm. and off we go. Rather than, as you say, just just this, let's put the fences up and pull the drawbridge up and keep, you know, we'll throw rocks over the. F- I, just, I, I will never understand why martial arts struggles because I think the, the feeling amongst instructors in clubs is that it's so easy. Why aren't we doing this? And it's just mm. it seems to be when it gets to association level where it, it doesn't work like a normal business industry if you like it's not in the same the same manner in which you never have insurers yeah go into the get the government fighting amongst themselves and fighting with the government they would go together and say we need this for all of our insurance policies can you do it for us it's just it's just it's bonkers yeah, it's bonkers. yeah i've had some quite um how do i say this delicately he, um heated no yeah um, in in depth yes <laughs> conversations with, yeah. with different association heads about this because it it's you know it it it's frustrating for me um you know just i'm i'm sitting back here as the the school owner and you know thinking well you just put all that playground antics to one side just yeah, just just for now play play friends for the next six months and then once this is all over if you all want to go back to calling each other names then do that then but for now just <laughs> yeah, play nice smile through gritted teeth i could well I don't, I don't know why there's a conflation between and we had this again when we, we tried it to, to get people talking a few months ago during the summer we were looking at the barrel of hopefully lower, lower infection rates at the time, what we're hoping would be a return to play. And um, 
we, we kept saying the same thing. That you don't need to share. It's not a business. It's not a federation. We're not talking about building an, asso- an association of associations. It's just talking. It's just picking the phone up and actually having a conversation and agreeing to do the same thing on something that's important for the greater good of everyone. It's not sharing your members. It's not sharing money. It's just exactly. It's just discussing something that affects all of us because yeah, you say think, the greater good. I think the ironic thing of this is, and I'm in a position to be able to say this because I'm not representing anybody, but I think certain associations and groups have actually lost members as a result yes, of a lot of this yeah, because. Definitely. Because they, they, some of the some of the the comments have been shouted out quite publicly. Um, some uh, some of its frustration, and I think what sometimes they forget is that yes, they have instructors that are part of their group, but those instructors are friends with instructors that aren't part, yes, and they're going well, 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 you know, why why are you putting up with that? And so now anyway, let's yeah. shelf yeah. that for now. We've, I think that's covered. <laughs> yeah. so forwards and in a more positive light, sort of post COVID. Sure. If COVID if COVID nineteen wasn't a thing, what would be next on your agenda right now? So if it was tomorrow, what, what going forwards? What sort of plans do you have? Well, for... I think it, it's it, COVID's sped up what we've been trying to do for a few years anyway, which is the modernisation of, of the way martial arts clubs run. And I'm going to use the term business, and I know that that puts heckles up on some people. So I don't mean businesses in big corporate business making loads of money and sending it off to the Cayman Islands. I mean this. This is the thing I always prattle on about for ages when someone starts me. Because I think the next 20 years in martial arts is going to be very different to how it's been for the last 20 years. So okay. um, a lot of people, I don't think, perhaps know this, but I'm 30. So I'm at the younger end of the market, if you like, in terms of instructor's okay. age and club age. So <laughs> I'm right, just, right. just about to tick over. Well, actually, I'm, I'm about to hit 30 this year. So I'm not there yet, but I'm holding on yeah, for that. because rubbing it in now. I know, please. exactly. But before this, my knees and hips don't feel like it. I haven't done a job camp for years. So... Uh, so uh, it's only on paper that I'm, I'm young. I'm certainly not young in body. Um, but but I've, but I've been around for that interesting period in, in martial arts where when I started, everything was done by paper and checks. It was all very traditional and just a few organizations dominating the market. It was all this sort of send it off into the post and you'll get it back in six weeks type thing. And then growing up through the noughties, if you like, uh, it, it, where we are now, it's a very much digital age. Everything's much more fast and on demand. And, and what's interesting is clubs have got very, very good at modernizing so clubs are using book and we're pre-covid but certainly now post-covid using things like booking software and better websites and apps and mobiles and they're great on social media but the industry behind it if you like the associations and insurance is so slow to adapt to it it's been very cumbersome and sort of lurched forwards and i think what's so interesting is going to be the next couple of years in the way martial arts is, is done if you like so i think it's going to become common for clubs to have to produce online resources whether it's live lessons or pre-recorded challenges or something that sort of what happens is going to become a key part of student retention in the next few years. I don't think it's the model that existed beforehand of just turning up on a Tuesday night for an hour is going to suffice, especially depending on how bad the economy is. I think clubs are going to have to do that a bit more value-added sort of extras to keep students engaged. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely going to push us all. I, I think it'll bring five to ten years, move us forwards in terms of how fast clubs have had to modernise to come out of this. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I've I was a fairly early adopter of of the the idea of online uh, online learning as and yeah, sure. um one of the the first things that i did was uh record I, I, it was partly it was partly due to my concern um you know longevity of my own ability to keep doing sure. this stuff so sure. i recorded everything i recorded Sorry. absolutely everything and, and initially the first release was for a, for a dvd for back in the physical days uh, and then later on, once Thinkific and other similar sites came about, everything I did, I recorded absolutely every single element of all of our syllabus from 
four-year-olds at white belt right the way through to the senior grades at black belts and, and, and further on and um you know made that available to our students now initially uh, it was something that was sold um as a as a additional uh, an additional thing for for parents or students to buy to continue their training outside but the first lockdown happened, um i actually created a copy of that first website um, and made it free so Brilliant. all of our members on day one as soon as lockdown hit um back in march uh, they had a complete copy of every element of our syllabus okay. all the way through. And then for those that had already purchased it, I recorded them some additional content that was specific to home training that okay. went in their package. Um, so, you know, everybody was happy. And, and then I'm so glad I did it. I'd like to claim it was some foresight that was, but it really wasn't. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, and then, you know, I was seeing a lot of other people like scrambling like crazy to get it all done. So, um, I'm glad that I did it, to be honest, because then it, it, it allowed me the time to focus in other areas, you know, along the same sort of same sort of area um, and, and, and develop more stuff for my school. So, um, yeah, yeah it, so it's... you're ahead of the game. You're definitely ahead of the game. And I think that speaks probably about the quality of the school you're running anyway. But I mean, I know that some of it you might say is, is luck in terms of having had done it just just by having had done it. But but I think the fact you were looking down the line pre-COVID obviously really helped things and and this is the strange shift that we've certainly noticed when we look at the metrics at our end when you put it all together that the should we say more seasoned instructors who have perhaps been teaching for 30 40 years just said oh, I'm not doing all that nonsense I don't, I'm not interested we're only in lockdown for a couple of weeks and we're back out of it and um, and I think perhaps the younger generation of instructors anything from sort of 20 to perhaps mid 40s maybe it's hard to put time on at what point they're trying to oh you're, you're too kind yeah <laughs> i was making sure i swept you in that you see i just put the, the mid <laughs> for you. but i think that sort of younger younger block of instructors if you like sort of realize very quickly they're going to have to get on board with this and and it wasn't so alien because we you know we use skype we use things yeah. like that anyway facetime and and now what we're seeing is it's younger clubs so clubs run by younger instructors actually booming so we've had a number of clubs who have come back to say we've, we've never been so busy the online classes have been amazing our retention is incredible and of course, some of the more experienced clubs closing their doors, unfortunately, never to reopen because the interest is sort of hanging up their their gear. If you like, to go, well, I'm just not going to. I'm not competing with this sort of rubbish. I'm not interested, and it's it's heartbreaking in more respect because we're going to lose so much of that quality, mm. sort of um, decades long experience. Yeah. But it's it's, it's a changing landscape, and, and the only concern is that it goes so far commercial that um, that model. Can sort of overtake the traditions and values we all hold dear but i don't think it has to i think there's a middle ground in which the consumer or the parent will come to the class and think this is really good really credible really safe really professional but it doesn't mean just because you're doing a, a combination of online and offline etc and perhaps charging different prices for that that you have to then steamroll through the traditions of martial arts yeah i mean i think it's just it's the environment is suited to you know that maybe the more um sparkly shall we say Yes. the setups yeah, thriving sure. moments because they're shiny and pretty yeah, and exciting and online and on the phone and accessible uh, yeah. for a, for the low price of and and it's also easy to click 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 and you're done so i think they 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 will shine for this short period but i think ultimately once this is all done and settled the the, the quality will always rise back up to the top again and and, yeah. it, and it, there's long i don't think there's longevity in some of those sparkly setups no, i think they're, they're thriving now but a little bit like you know come and go in these cycles like at one point trampoline parks was popping up on every bit of land yeah, that was sure. free and and now that's sort of dying you know as more and more people are getting broken necks and yeah, knows what else yeah. they're sort of slowing yeah. down and disappearing um and 
I think it's the same for. Sorry if you run a trampoline park, by the way. I'm not having a dug at it. It's just, you know, it's kind of the way it is. Um, but um, yeah, it's it's an ever changing landscape, as you say. And I think the ones that sit in the middle will 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 come out of this. Yeah, um, I mean, that that's the, the 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 thing that I'm not looking forward to really at the end of all of this is is once all the numbers are collated and we actually have an idea of of how many schools have actually closed, disappeared, and and, and completely closed for good um yeah it's gonna be a terrifying isn't it? It, it it's already i mean the number of participants i mean the student numbers have dropped off a cliff in terms of the new registrants those who are coming into martial arts because it's it's just so all over the place no one's committing yeah the number of club failures is, is accelerating now which is a shame because we, we'd sort of seen a, a slowdown during the summer months when COVID was low and, and when the return to indoor martial arts resumed there's this huge surge um, and, and for us, it's, it's slightly conflated because we've, we've more than doubled in size this year as an organisation. So it's hard to see what is skewed figures because we're growing quickly and what's actually human reflection of what's happening out there. Mm. Uh, but I, I would, I mean, I think this sort of the figures we've been hearing and discussing with a few sort of peers, if you like, in the industry is um, somewhere between a 14 to 21 percent complete failure rate with a, probably a further seven to eight percent. Of sort of hibernation, if you like. So as high as 30% of the market, completely out of action, and then that 7% moving back in. And it's hard to know how many people will say, well, this is my time, I've been really done, and I'm going to start martial arts club, or how many people will say, "Yeah, I'm going to start martial arts and do an after work because I really want to start teaching that club I always wanted to do. So it's hard to know where it's going to come and go from in the next few years, but it's um, a catastrophic impact on, on sort yeah, of the immediate I mean- landscape. I'll be honest. I mean, I went through a period at one point of of looking at it and going, you know, financially, am I going to be better off oh, yeah. winding winding yeah. things up now and just sitting tight and wait, riding it out, and then opening sure. again rather than you know, you know, it was there. I was I, I was I was very very close to to hiring a good solicitor to find a way out of the lease, sure, um, and or buy my way out of the lease and just just going into hibernation. You know, in in with the you know uh, with funding looking okay, rather than dwindling that money away on a, a sinking ship, so to speak, yeah, sure. um, waiting for a date that never comes. And that would be the seven percent who have chosen to do that. Yeah. And of course, this is this is hugely skewed among stars. And it, I mean, jujitsu in this country is going to be such a rare, rare mm-hmm. thing. Kind of the flip side of this, because for for most of us, so my background, is, as you know, probably already initially we started in karate, uh, but the, the last sort of 15, 16 years of being Muay Thai boxing and sort of uh, striking arts. And, and obviously that's hard to do about pad work, incredibly hard to do, but you can still hit yeah. the, the, the bags and you can sort of still do your shadow boxing. There's some something to throw together for a class. But for the guys and girls who teach jiu-jitsu, they've been, and judo and obviously all the, the throwing arts, but focus on jiu-jitsu, which has that really close sort of role nature to it, uh, they've been decimated, absolutely decimated. And they definitely account for a very, very high percentage of, of that closure rate mm. and the hibernation rate. It's just, they've, they've just been hit so hard. And of course, when is that going to be allowed back? I mean, it's... Yeah, uh, it's a difficult one, isn't it? I mean, we've, I suppose we've got that, that ray of light now and the, the talk of a, of a vaccine yes. that might be rolling out in December. Yeah. And I suppose with that may come an ease come an easing of restrictions should do um we do hope so it should do we should be in the last few months of this and i, I hate to say that because i don't want to sound overly optimistic about it but I, I think we've got to be looking at the way this has been moving looking at the wider impact on the economy we've got the combination of this moonshot testing this sort of idea yeah. of mass testing if, if that ever comes about and the vaccine which sounds very very sort of promising and says that that sounds like it's actually there almost ready to go 
we've got the the summer months approaching from March onwards, at which we all know that even if it's outdoors, there will be room for the infection rate to come down and for indoor sport to continue because organised activity, organised sport is going to be broadly allowed back as soon as possible. So realistically, I think clubs are in the last couple of months of having to to sit tight and weather this. And, and with any luck, end of January onwards, even if we have a very rough Christmas in January, February onwards, end of Jan, it should be looking towards the, the light a little bit more. And hopefully it will give clubs the confidence they need to start teasing their way back in, onto the mats as and when they're allowed yeah. to. But who would have thought it back in March when all this started that we'd be, we'd be looking at a year? <sighs> crazy. Almost a year. Crazy. It is. It's if, crazy. If, if you just said that to me about, about then, I would have just been, nope. Yeah. I'm off. I'm off to do something else. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, but it's. I, I suppose it's kept us occupied, hasn't <laughs> <laughs> it? Just well, it's changed. It's changed everything. I mean, it's, it's a really weird thing, isn't it? We're martial arts now. It's it's been a weird year where we've all sort of been sleepwalking around, trying to trying to just sort of follow the the ball, if you like, around the pitch, trying to understand where the, where on earth we're going. But when the dust settles, it's going to be really strange to see what what it looks like because we're going to have definitely that horizon of regulatory impact from government levels. Is definitely going to be brought forwards by this because martial arts has come under a lot more scrutiny from enforcement yeah. officers and, and whatnot than they were ever previously given. Yep. No, you're right. So Absolutely. the whole safeguarding insurance sort of regulation side of it is definitely, definitely, definitely going to be something people need to keep an eye on because it's going to be moving much faster than it ever was. We're not under the radar anymore. But then there is also a great opportunity here for martial arts to get that exposure there. There are people wanting to get back and get fit, do something new, etc. There's a heck of a bounce. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, at the time, whereas they, you know, they might have been turning up to discuss the the current situation. If if people are under the impression that they weren't casting their eye around the yeah, rest of sure. the building and going, oh, look at that extinguisher hanging off the wall there, and oh, look at that fire ex- fire exit with a heavy bag hanging off it, and yeah, quite. Oh, look at that. It's the sort of stuff that will go noted and will get remembered, and you know, you know will. might be acted upon later it on. Will. Down the line. I mean, the councils are doing, and the ladders and the councils are doing their assessments of venue hire and assessments of sport providers and whatnot, and they're looking at things like football, rugby, cricket, tennis, all these known entities where there is a governing body. They look back on those documents; it makes sense. But they've had so much confusion, and we've we've had them come to us. So there must be going to other associations as well, the venues and the, even, well, even local government and councils coming to us saying, what's the rules where we are with martial arts? And that confusion, as you say, won't go unnoticed. They'll definitely be confused about it and asking questions to the DCMS about that impact and who do they turn to and what's the rules. And there's definitely had that there's a conversation within DCMS at some level already happening on martial arts. And whether that is directly between sporting women and them or a broader conversation, who knows? But, but it's definitely, definitely on the radar. So it'd be, it's not the time for clubs, I think, to take their eye off the ball and think, great, COVID's gone, I'll crack on as I used to, and I'll just sort of just wing it as I go along. It's, it, it's going to be, I think, now is the time to prep for a more professional or more regulated industry. And how that looks, I don't quite know yet, but I think it's, it's definitely some clubs that should be it, leaving this with that same yeah. discipline in place. Yeah, it absolutely need, it, it needs to happen. It, it, I mean, and I've said this way before any of In fact, I think I even said it in our last conversation on here. Did, yeah, before did. this even happened, you know, I've been long... I won't say championing because that sounds wrong, but I've been long been oh, banging on about, as you say, you know, yeah. the need for something yeah. like an, a very, very, very basic level instructor MOT. That's the best way I could think of to yeah, describe sure. it. Even if it's just down the same sort of lines as a, a refresher for a first aid, you know, you go along yes. every three years for a day course for them to tell you things that you're probably going to forget the moment you walk out the door. But there is a traceable accountability there that you've gone through the motions. And I think, something like that for instructors is a necessity i just yes. think it is you know because i think some some people are doing things out of pure cheek 
and some people are doing things just because they don't know any better. Of course it is, yeah, 100%. 100%. They're not trying to do things wrong. They just don't know any better because nobody's told them. And this they've, is the big question, they've, they've isn't been, it? They've, they've left, they've gone through their, their they've gone through, let's say a typical scenario, they've gone through their freestyle school that's been set up by an instructor that's, dis, dis, you know, developed the syllabus themselves. It's a unique sure. style. They've gone through that system for four years. They've come out with the equivalent of a black belt. They've then opened up their own school. And they're in no way connected yeah. to that first instructor or that style yeah. anymore. And there's no, where do, who do they go to? Who do they speak to? Who do they, you know, and, and, and I think, you know, that's where those, I mean, I certainly remember back when I first started out, I was making all those errors. I had no idea about well, anything. It's a, it's a rite of passage almost, isn't it? I think to start yeah. in that naive sort of slightly innocently naive stage of, yeah. of not really knowing quite what you're doing. I got my building and I started teaching. Yeah. That was what I did. Yeah. And I went, oh, I need insurance. Oh, oh, I need, what do you mean? I need fire extinguishers? Really? Yeah. There won't be a fire, yeah. you know? And it was, I mean, I was 22. So, you know, I mean, I mean, that's not an excuse, but I, I know I just came out of working for somebody else full time and just found a building and did it because I knew no better. Of course. And there must still must be oh, however many. Oh, thousands it'd, of people. it'd be a terrifying figure. I'm sure it'd be a terrifying figure. And it wouldn't happen in in quite the same way as the sports because there is only one gateway into it. And exactly. I think the, the, this head in sand, and I, I, I know I keep saying it, and I mean, I'm the worst for this, but it is definitely all comes back on the associations because clubs pay what is not often, which is often a quite a sizable amount of money. So it's not a small amount of money normally to, to be aligned to an organisation that is supposed to support them with professional standards, insurance, and so on and so forth. And it's an umbrella, isn't it? It's, do you try and treat... 100,000 individual clubs with a certain dose of something, or do you just go to the six organisations who manage those 100,000 and get the six to agree on it and then distribute it onwards sort of thing? And I think it's going to happen. It is on the, it's on the tracks at some point. So would the industry rather have it imposed upon them by a third party without any real say in the matter and see how that lands? Or would there rather be a constructive decision to do it jointly ourselves now and yeah. be ready for it and actually say to whoever it is, well, actually, you're looking at regulation. We've actually already got it sorted between us. Yep. And in the same way, first aid is a great example. You don't have to go to one first aid provider every year and do it through them. There's hundreds of thousands of first aid providers. Yep. Out, not hundreds of thousands, but thousands of first aid providers out there who can teach you and qualify you to deliver first aid or, or give you your certified you know, first aid training. So it doesn't mean that associations, one person gets all the power. We give everyone the spread of power and the market continues. It just means, as you say, there's a something there, a, a regulation or a traceable link that keeps the government happy and, and otherwise I think it's going to go to Sport England or some of that sort of nature to impose it and how on earth are they going to try and suck up 150 stars into what they do I don't well, know it's we've only got I mean I think if, if people you know, took off the blinkers and looked at what I think this situation highlights perfectly why it's important that measures are taken by everybody collectively yeah. soon because yeah. you know the, the the way that we've been blanket sort of bulk lumped with regulation you know, like my, my daughter's gymnastics school are working to exactly the same requirements as I am, as the dance school is down the road, as uh, when it came to the social distancing and requirements within the, with the business. And there was no tail, there was no tailoring to different, no, different scenarios. And, not you know, they weren't, they weren't looking at the fact that, you know, my daughter's gymnastics school, uh, clubs are thousand plus members, whereas I'm a sort of 200 member martial arts school dealing with a different age group in a completely different, different activity altogether. With, with different risks completely. Um, but yet we were all yeah. working wow. under the same blanket sort of, no, you're indoor sports. Okay. Yeah, of course. 
I mean, indoor sport. I mean, what does that? I mean, that, that surely badminton comes into that. It's such a broad. It's, it's almost like saying Snooker. you're <laughs> exactly. Yeah. What, what does your sport use a ball? Yeah, it does. Is it football? It doesn't matter if it's football. It doesn't matter if it's badminton. It doesn't matter if it's tennis. You use some sort of spherical item, which we all call a ball. So therefore, you're all regulated the same. So football, rugby, tennis, cricket, the whole lot, table tennis, all in one because you do the same thing. And you said, well, no, we don't actually. We we all have a commonality, which is a ball, but it's totally different. And that detail is, is lost. Yeah, and it's just it's bonkers, isn't it? We started off having to be alliances of personal trainers, and then it became indoor fitness, and then when indoor fitness isn't allowed, it's sort of where do we set out? Are we aligned with dance schools? Are we gymnastics? Are we? It's just crazy. And then of course the the pavement opens up, doesn't it? And you get some organisations, and actually you're whatever you can classify yourself as now. You know, some schools have been teaching since March, calling themselves schools. Yes, you know, and we're educational at schools, and you sort of think, well. Yes. I'm, you know, I'm yeah. not an enforcement officer, but I'm pretty sure that's not the way it's supposed to be interpreted. Nick, yeah, you all might. that stuff opens up. Some people have flitted between one moment they're a sport, one minute they're an indoor recreational activity, the next minute yeah. they're a school, the next minute it's yeah, like, well, you're, you're switching right. and changing to suit the situation, which you may think is smart in the short term, but in the longer term, surely that's going to flag up on somebody's yeah, radar. It it, it's got to. It's got to raise alarm bells for any local authorities. And the local authorities talk. And I know this idea that if one says you can go ahead with something, that means it's the same across everyone. It's not necessarily the case because it does vary. But it, there's a, it's just it, the naivety to believe that such a large, and I, I'll use the term sport for martial arts collectively, will forever be completely unnoticed. And, and there's all sorts of things still going on. There's still instructors being convicted of all riding wise and safety wise and, and so on and so forth. And every time that goes to court, you read the case reports, the judges have always got the same comments. How can there be no standard qualification? How yeah. can there not be a way of knowing if this person was suitably trained to teach? It's the same questions. And the, the papers have never really got their teeth into it like they did with football a few years back and most recently with gymnastics. But it is a matter of time. It's going to happen. And when it happens, it's it's just that same old thing, isn't it? Would you rather have the parachute on and have trained to have used it and know what you're all going to do when the plane goes down? Or would you rather just have the engines catch fire so, and yeah, see what sewing happens. It, sewing it on the way down. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yes. Working out as you go, reading the manual on the way down <laughs> for 30,000 feet. I just, it, it perplexes me that we still still can't have a conversation in 2020 about how we can just draw just some alignment, just just the basics, the bare-bone basics about what associations should be doing and shouldn't be doing, what clubs should and shouldn't be doing, just, just really, really basic stuff. It's just... Yeah. Oh. Well, I would urge everybody, and this isn't a cheeky plug because I'm, I'm I'm the one saying it. But I would urge everybody to to go out and 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 check the website. Um, which if it, it, I'm I'm going to I'll say it wrong if it's, it's the .org one, isn't it? B- it's bmba.org.uk. Yeah. I would say go and check it out because the the reason why um I first approached Giovanni group for the previous podcast was through actually seeing a link on facebook and clicking it out of curiosity and initially i thought here we go another one i'll have a look see what they're up to because they're <laughs> popular all the time yeah and i clicked and i thought and i remember hitting the website and going wow this is this is this is done properly this is actually done properly and then when i was able to see the resources and the available content on that i was just like this is this is what we've needed for a long time um, and if there's any other people from any other associations listening that, uh, that uh, feel insulted by that, well, I'm sorry, but you've just got to up your game, haven't you? It's just the way it is. Well, we, we, we said we, we've worked with anybody. It's this sort of thing, isn't it, with martial arts? When we came into the industry 10 years ago, we were obviously very, very small. But things have changed and the ground's moved. And I just think this digital age is upon us. And, and for us now, as you know, I'm sure you probably know that we're part of the BNBA group, which is the larger group of social enterprises, and it all funds our charitable foundation. So all of our profits go that way. And we have a 
full of what we have offices. We have two offices now. We have one in London, one in West Sussex. Um, we have ten members of staff. It's grown so quickly, and we have a full. I just, I just think it's that mentality, isn't it, for martial arts? It's just you can't look at it and say, well, it's okay for us to just be a committee, volunteer run people, and try and run this massive thing because it just gets out of your hands. That you've got to run it properly. And I just, I just think there's a, there is momentum, and I've said this, I know I said this back in March, and I'm just like a broken record, but there's momentum. I think at club level with instructors and clubs who do this for a living and do it for a passion, whichever side of the fence it sits on, to just see organisations work together. And I don't mean, you know, bring the walls down, just become one of the same. There's some big lodge of one federation i don't mean that sort of thing i just just mean just talking just, just you know communicate. just basic basic things so when you register one association and then you register with another association because you have the choice to choose and you wish to change organizations for whatever reason it's not a case of oh you've got to start again oh you can't have that great or you we don't ask for that or we're it just should be the same thing it should just be a known entity it's like getting into a car you don't get into one car and it's it Ignition, we don't have an ignition in this car. Like you start a central, with the handle. Central database, I mean, is, of course. I'm, I'm all right in thinking that's how, that's how insurance companies work, isn't it? They all it is, access yeah. the same yep. central database of information. Well, that's a great example. You don't go to Direct Line and then move on to AXA because they've got a better premium than find AXA. Well, actually, you can't insure that Renault with us, actually. You've got to have a, a Citroen instead. What's that for? No, we can't do 1.6, 1.2-litre only. You've got to start again yeah. with your driving license. It doesn't happen. It's just a, there is a set of boundaries Insurers will have different specifications and what they want from you and what they charge for it. And that's great because it gives consumer choice. But it should just be basic stuff now. It really should be. If we don't do it, it will be done for us. So it's, um, you know, Occam's Razor, I think. Yes, indeed, indeed. Well, it's been 45 minutes already. It's absolutely flown by. <laughs> I could do this for hours, probably, to be honest. Um, but just to, just to close things up, I didn't know if you wanted to perhaps touch on anything in particular that you've got coming up people should be looking out for. I've seen a couple of things on Facebook with regards to um, like a website service and things like that as well. Yeah, so we wrote, part of the group is Marshall Host, which is a, a martial arts-specific web hosting company. And we've just launched a service called Marshall Club. Um, which is designed to make the whole thing really simple for clubs. And it's just part of this this big push we're going to have. And I don't want to make it a, a, a shameless plug, so I'm, not, I'm going to try oh, and go for it. But it's, I don't um, mind. We want, to start, <laughs> we want to start a scrappage scheme almost where clubs can can trade in their old web space, if you like, and, and get something shiny and new. So we're going to fund as an organization uh, initially £10,000 worth of scrappage, if you like, where we're going to fund and front web design, web hosting for clubs big and small to help them modernize quicker because it's got to happen at breakneck speed for clubs to bounce in 2021. They've got to have their online presence as, as solid as are in club presences. So we're, we're going to push that heavily just to try and guide people through the online journey a bit more because I think it's that sort of thing where instructors are fantastic at what they do on the mats, but the admin always lets them down. And of course, when you've got web design on top of it and the, the learning curve with understanding what that even is, it's just, I think it, it detracts sometimes. So that's our next focus is to get, get clubs a really really good digital home so they can bring more students in next year because they're going to have to work harder than usual mm. i think in 21 to to uh to catch up yeah i think that usual jan well that january boom that we usually have is it's going to be a funny one it's going to be a it's going to be a, it's going to be a march april boom i think um, so i think so and when that happens of course you clubs are going to be up against a lot more competition than usual because everybody's going to be opening up at once across all sectors of sport so it's not even going to be just a case of um, competing with local martial arts clubs is going to be a much wider yeah. net to cast than I think. Well, uh, let's hope it's uh, a challenge that all the schools are going to be ready to rise to. I'm sure with the support of groups like yourself, they'll be in a good position too. Um, thank thank you. you for your time today. I'll let My you pleasure. get on with your very busy day. Always. And uh, until next time. Thanks very much. Enjoy our podcast. Please remember to subscribe, rate and review Kickback with Chris on iTunes today. 
So big thanks to Giovanni for giving his time. Uh, I can't express how ridiculously busy that guy is at the moment with all the stuff that they've got going on. Um, so I do really appreciate him taking time to come on the podcast. But as I'm sure many of you will agree, or maybe some of you don't, um, that's just the nature of this sort of subject. Uh, I could have gone on with that conversation for hours, to be honest, uh, some of the subjects we were, we were touching on. And it's it's an ever-changing situation day by day, isn't it? You know, um, there's just constantly something new coming up, Dif- you know, school owners in different situations, different interpretations of legislation. And with Facebook being the funny thing that it is, you know, something could happen in Wigan and minutes later, it's on social media and being shared by hundreds, if not thousands of people. And so it just goes to show what sort of effect we all have potentially on our industry, on our students, on their family members, in the actions and decisions that we make. So it's it's that extra level of responsibility now, isn't it, that, that social media has kind of dumped on us unceremoniously, you know, and, and I just think it's it's worth considering the choices that we make and the decisions we take, not just for now. I'm talking longer term. You know, what might be seen as a as a gain or a win now might not be so much of a gain or a win in six months' time. So just keep it in mind, guys. Keep it in mind. Okay, we're going to move on now. So over to our chat with Matthew Chapman, and I will catch you on the other side. Brought to you by www.mitmaster.com. Okay, guys, join me now from an undisclosed car park somewhere in the UK. It's Mr. Matthew Chapman. <laughs> what are you doing? Why are you making me sound like a homeless person living in a car park? <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> security in a car park. I am, yeah, sorry. All right. Fair enough. I am in a car park, yes. Of, uh, yes. yes. <laughs> On official but, business. But I don't live in a car park. I'm, no, I never uh, said you did. I just said uh, you were in one. I think it, I think it's great that you're you're taking time out from your essential journey somewhere to talk to us for a few minutes. That's fantastic. It is, yes, true. Thank you, thank you, Chris. On your new, as I would, I think it's okay to say this because you've put it on Facebook. On your new gigantic space phone that you've got, they call it a phablet, don't they? Like phone tablet combined sort of thing. A, f- a phablet. Phablet. Wow, that's not a strange thing to say. <laughs> um, yeah, it's 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 interesting. I got it because I want to try and obviously stay cutting edge with what's going on in the tech world. And folding phones are like, you know, only Samsung have decent folding phones. Dude, so, dude, you're, just like, you're just but, like buying, you like buying gizmos. I'm the I'm same. Like, but the cool thing is, when you do open it up, you can work on three or four things at the same time on the same screen, which is pretty cool. Well, well, that would be pointless for me because I have all them working on one thing at a time, let alone four. Yeah, so yeah. I suppose I could what I could watch four YouTube videos at once. You could, yep. So I could watch four cat videos at the same time. And a kicking video as well. And a kicking <laughs> <laughs> How did you know me so well? <laughs> Cats kicking in wine, right? Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's my life summed up. I, I need to go and get one of those right now, then clearly. Yeah. Fantastic. But no, joking aside, I mean, you know, as a, a sort of a mobile editing device, you could you could kind of film it, edit it, upload it, review yes. it, type yeah. people. It's very clever. Yeah, it is. It just makes life easier because usually I have to lug around a big ass laptop with me with this phone and it's super fast. I can just do everything on the phone, literally run like the online part of my business purely from my phone. 
yeah, it's, it's all done. So like, that's my excuse for buying it. Really, I wanted it because it's a very cool gadget. It's in this very Star Trek. But I mean, I suppose the phone now is a secondary thing of the phone. It's a secondary that's function. Secondary. It's not. Yeah. It's not actually the primary function anymore. It's like no, that's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I don't really speak to people much on the phone. I'm always up uh, prefer messenger because it's more convenient, isn't it, to do it when you when you want. The worst thing for me is like people ring me. And I'm like, oh, they, I've text messaged them and then they ring me and I'm like, like, I don't even pick it up. And then I'm, I say, I'm like that. <laughs> I text back and I say, why have you phoned me? Why are you phoning me? I don't like to speak to people. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to do the texting because you can get back to them in your own time, you know. But anyway. You know what? I think I actually speak to you more than I do my own family. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. I like that's that. Just, that's just, just truth. Actually, they might know. Oh, yeah, my dad just sent me a message now. Um, yeah, so um, interesting times at the minute. We're we're sort of halfway down this lockdown that isn't a lockdown. Yeah, don't you think it's gone slow this time? Yeah, it has. Well, it's it hasn't. It has in the you know I'm, I've I've just come out of another isolation, my third one. The kids that keep getting ill all the time. Nice. Um, yeah, so I've been stuck in the house another two days um and it yeah it really it really drags in that situation for sure but actually interestingly on my business because i've got such a tight schedule for all the different things that i need to get out ready for gradings in december on that side it does seem like it's going really quick so oh, it's, a bit of, it's a bit of a weird one it's a bit of a weird one but um on that subject of lockdown there's been t- talk of potentially the uk going into sort of like a four tier system uh, with tier four being the highest, which is basically just a continuation of where we are now. Um, right. And I've noted just from you know perusing the Facebooks that there are still quite a lot of instructors out there that just still, for whatever reason, haven't adapted to this whole online, be it teaching, be it videos, whatever it is. Um, and I think they might come a bit unstuck. Um, in December if, if they're not prepared. Continues into full lockdown. Yeah. So- yeah yeah if they carry on through the new year and you know because well for whatever reason rightly or wrongly i mean i i kind of get it um a lot of schools are trying to um keep this positive well we're going to be back in december just hang on there it won't be long just watch youtube or something i don't know yeah (laughs) Um, please keep paying us and we'll be back soon and i think that might actually not materialize Um, Uh, yeah i mean i think you have to definitely consider that you know as an option just because bojo says yeah it'll all open up on the third doesn't mean that they won't shut us down again on the 20th or like you say extend it or do one in january i reckon my bet if you want to make a bet is two more lockdowns before they get this under control i reckon one sort of beginning of january Mm -hmm. and then possibly one sort of mid-feb i think they're going to stagger them out yeah, because they were talking today on the news, these these leaks that keep happening from the government, it's uh, yeah. <laughs> leakier than a sieve at the minute, isn't it? And uh, saying that they're going to have a five-day period over Christmas where everybody can just kind of carry on as is, however they fancy. Yeah, I think that's needed. Oh, so they're going to have riots on the street and revolt, aren't they? And people are just, we do need a bit of a... Uh, yeah, like You can just see it now, though, can't you? The martial arts instructors will be like, Stuff eating turkey. We're off for sparring session. We're off to do some grappling. Yeah, yeah. Come on, <laughs> yeah, they'll be open over Christmas. Christmas yeah, yeah. Day is because they want to train and, and see their students. And 
Yeah, it's it's a weird situation, but I do think that people do need Christmas is quite important for a lot of people, isn't it? And yeah. just to have no Christmas or you know not allowed to see relatives, I think is really it's not going to work. It's not going to go down well. So they're going to yeah probably give us what do you reckon from twenty second onwards or maybe even New Year possibly. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen in the next? I mean, I don't think they know from day to day really, do they? It's no. No. One wouldn't surprise me if we hear absolutely nothing up until maybe a day or two before, and then they go, oh, "This is happening," or "This is happening," or whatever. But yeah, I, I do. I can't help but feel like the some, and I get, I kind of get why to a point. Some people might be resisting it, getting getting online and getting going because it can be quite scary. I think if you're, if you're not familiar or if you're not comfortable with the idea of standing in front of a camera and, and teaching, but yeah. If you don't do it before Christmas, I think once people get into the Christmas mode and their heads engaged in panicking over buying presents on Amazon and wrapping presents and, and you know, getting into that mentality. I mean, it's hard enough getting students in over a regular Christmas. Well, I was about to say that. That's one of the drop-off points, isn't it? You know, yeah. as we know in the industry that, you know, as it approaches Christmas. Now, obviously, there's not the Christmas parties and the people aren't going out to the, the pub so much. But like you say, money is tight for a lot of people and what they're going to pay your kickboxing fees when you're not even open or are they going to buy a present for their kid yeah they're going to buy a present for their kid aren't they and try and restart sometime maybe in in january or february so yeah yeah, i think you do need to have i mean i've been banging on about online for almost 10 years now no (laughs) we'll get through to people but it it's scary yeah the first time i stood in front of a, a camera and spoke into a camera it was awful i, I was you know me- messing up my words i was sweating i was not happy i didn't enjoy it at all but as you know with anything the more you do it the more comfortable you get the less stress you get out about it and now yeah. like, both of us can just put up a camera and just go and just teach it's like teaching yeah. a class isn't it yeah, and I mean, it's like when you first start teaching, I think everybody can remember the first class they ever taught or the first section of a class they ever taught. It's it's horrible. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. You have this idea of it in your head of what it's going to be like, and then you get in front of everybody, and it's like, oh, my God. Yeah, and your mouth goes all dry, and you can't speak, and you forget yeah. what you were doing. Yeah, It's yeah. great stuff. So it's, it's just um, that. The problem I find with especially long-term martial artists, you know, people who've been training over 10 years, is they're very set in their ways. They've got their comfortable routine that they're happy with. They've got their comfortable business that they're, you know, is, is ticking over, but they're not really wanting to make it any bigger. They're, they're, they're comfortable, you know, they're, they're settled. And then this whole thing has messed this all up. And then, then they're just unwilling to make themselves uncomfortable by learning about tech or mm. standing in front of a camera. I, I, I get it, but all growth and, you know, development comes when you're uncomfortable, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, and, and you've you've highlighted some perfect examples of different instructors, um, you know, with, m- should we say, more senior life exp- experience. Um, I won't say old because that's rude. But <laughs> yeah, there have been some older instructors, I've said it, that, that have adopted this quite well and, and are doing really, really well with it as well. So it's not really it's not really a viable excuse anymore, is it? To no, say, oh, well, I'm I always- old, I can't. Yeah, I always uh, quote Bob Breen. Bob Breen's my instructor for 20-odd years and my friend. Mm. And uh, he has an online platform that he he runs. And 
you know, he manages it himself. He films content. He uploads it. He creates Facebook ads. He's like 71 years old and he's kicking ass. He, he wow. knows more about this type of stuff than most 40-year-olds I've met. And he's not comfortable doing it. And he, he finds it challenging at times. But his his personality and his kind of black belt ethos is you work through it. You know, yeah. you you... you, you if martial arts you should be able to take the same skills that you have on the on the mat about perseverance and dedication and discipline and learning and just apply it in other areas of your life but i know it's scary for a lot of instructors yeah and something that i'm very seriously considering well i've almost got it set in my head for this year is that it, this has been a very, very different year um overall but even more so this the end of the year has been very very much different in that you know we might be able to come back in december uh, but then again, you know, we might not be able to come back for whatever reason, whether it's a tier thing, whether they extend a lockdown. We won't be able to rely, as we all do. I'll be, I'll be honest, you know, I, I usually close at Christmas for two weeks and completely, completely switch off on yeah. the basis that I know in January it's going to yeah, go right. nuts. Yeah. It's not going to happen, is it? I mean, we are still going to see an uptake, but I don't think it's well. It's it's obviously not going to be anywhere near as much as we would usually have, and even then, we may still be in a situation where we're either shut or you know probably still in a um, sort of um, social distancing setting still, which is yeah. going to which is going to stuff it for us because we won't be able to take any of those new members in. So I'm going to actually carry on over the Christmas period with the online stuff with the lives. I think um, that's a great idea, Chris, and I would have done the same if I yeah. if I had a school. Because one, people actually do want to do some exercise over Christmas. There's nothing yeah. worse than just stuffing your face for a week and just feeling like awful and trying to stumble out the door and go for a walk. To do a bit of training would actually help people. Yeah. But it, like you say, that will also keep them in the routine of training and hopefully keep them engaged. And um, yeah, I think it's a great idea. Good yeah, call, it's, a, it's a million from my perspective and it was a million times easier for me to work a little bit harder over christmas to keep the members that i have rather yeah. than trying to go through the absolute nightmare i mean it, it's different for every school but for us it's particularly difficult getting new starters in at the minute due to the building layout and you know it's like yeah. oh well yeah you can drop four billy off but you can't come in yeah <laughs> yeah. right because that's going to work and then and, and then you get to the end it's like oh well, would you would you like to, to you know to sign billy up for classes not that you've seen him do anything or no, have any idea of how well he's working or you know it's just so much easier to work to keep the current members than it is to, i mean we, that's always been our ethos anyway but i know some schools work on the basis of they like a sort of a higher turnaround of beginners um because it's more profitable which you know to each their own. I don't like that, but that's how some schools work. They're not going to be able to rely on that, I don't think, so much um, in the new year. I think it's, it's we're going to see a big change to the way a lot of schools work. Yeah. Um, it doesn't make much business sense to do it that way, though, to just churn beginners. And it can't be that satisfying because you're not going to create the black boats you, you want out yep. the other end, possibly. But well, each to their own, like you say. Yeah. They sell them kit, don't they? They sell them t-shirts, they sell them bags, they sell them pads, they sell them you know, they get a, a, a joining fee. They get, a, you know, yeah, they kick them out, yeah. <laughs> and then, and then six months later, they're bored and they leave, and then they get, you know. So there's this. That that's, you know, I mean, that wouldn't work for us anyway. I couldn't do that, but no, uh, it's yeah, it's going to be very, very much different. I mean, another thing as well is you've got these schools now. We we, we had a, our first meeting last Thursday, and there was a couple of people in there that were saying that 
you know, they're struggling with online because they are, don't have any access to any halls. The, the halls are just flat refusing to hire out. Um, yes. And, and they're, they're seeing that continue right the way through as well. It's difficult. Yeah, uh, I know several instructors who just haven't been able to get into a hall since this all began in, in, in March. So, yeah, in that case, your only option is online, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, possibly speaking to other providers in, the, in your local area, other martial arts schools that may not be using the space and rent sub sublet or rent space on the days yeah. they're not and be but, open i mean be open to i mean i'm not trying to preach here but just be open to adapting to what you do as well i mean i had this situation earlier this week where i had three lives planned for monday and you know i've got an 11 month old baby i had two older kids my wife all in the house and you know it, the only option i had was to go and use the back room we have this little like back room that's you know everyone the, or most people yeah. tend to have a room that's just like a non-specific room. Well, I had to go in there, and there was literally enough room to throw a punch. And <laughs> I taught all three classes from in there, um, trying to avoid kicking the fuse box, and because yeah. um, that would have been a disaster in itself. But uh, yeah, and I so I, but, so I had to do things different. I had to do more activities using. I used the dice, and we used some. I had some laminated cards with exercises on. Um, yeah. I, went, I went around the zoom windows and got them all to say a number then i like turned the cards around that and then whatever card it landed on we did that amount of exercises stuff like that you know just yeah, yeah we can't kick and punch each other in the face and or, or choke each other out but if we kind of have to adapt we have to adapt don't we and and go yeah. with it you know well if you want to survive and thrive yeah if you want to just dig your heels in and and say no i don't believe in it it's not it's a conspiracy and i'm not doing this and, <laughs> and i'll be opening the matter mr chapman are you trying to fire the 5g's at people <laughs> exactly yeah. yeah um so i just it, yeah you should well i think it depends on your personality like martial arts tends to attract people with quite rigid personality <laughs> do you not think that's very diplomatic of you <laughs> They will struggle. Whereas if you're more flexible in your thinking personality, you'll just, like they say, pivot and and adapt and and survive. But uh, I I just wish most I just wish it was over for most instructors. It must be so so stressful to be in this situation where there's like no end in sight, and it's and, yeah, you know, and you spent your life working on things, and and it can be taken away by some legislation and a, and a virus is madness well, legislation that's as ropey as can be with people that are supposed to enforce it don't even know what it is it's crazy i mean i'm still today even now reading i mean again people are doing whatever they need to do but people on facebook saying oh well we're still open and when the yeah. police turn up with they go through all that common law stuff and you know and and it's just like wow it's just the variance across the industry is just massive you know and I know a lot of sometimes I think it's, it's a mix, isn't it? Some people are doing what they need to do to survive. And as you say, some people are doing it just because they can. They're yeah. like some sort of moral superhero. Um, yeah. And it's a bit, uh, you know, kind of screwing it for everybody else. Just, you know, maybe keep it off Facebook. Um, yeah, but, I don't understand, like, public, publicizing it. I mean, if that is what you're going to do, why on earth would you publicize it, draw attention to it? Probably, you know, get uh problems from the police etc turning up and also in your local community there's going to be people who are going to not like yeah the fact that your martial arts school is open for whatever reason it's yeah. just yeah, just if you're going to do that you know <laughs> don't publicize just, it for God's yeah sake. shush about it all shush about it cool 
All right, dude. So, um, what what have you got planned for the rest of your week? And then anything exciting, or is it you know uh, more shopping? I was meant to be um, visiting Mikey Wright, who owns or, or runs Power Cube, which is uh, something I'm probably going to be helping him with. Very good. Um, but uh, that's that's not happening now. So I'm going to probably just chill out, spend some time with the family, uh, do some do work, some sh- do some more shopping. Do some more online shopping. Get dragged around some more shops uh, again. <laughs> I uh, obviously I got my my new phone a few days ago. Yeah, I'd had it six hours, and my wife had dropped it and chipped oh, the screen. Good lord, <laughs> six hours. <laughs> so I think I'm going to shop for like a bulletproof titanium case for this. Uh, did you get it? Did you? Did you? I mean, you don't have to say. Did you buy it outright, or did you get it on a on a? No, I bought it outright. Oh, sh- I want to swear right now. <laughs> so, not best pleased with that, but there you go. So, yeah. oh, that would be shopping. I would not be able to come out the house again if that happened. That was, I mean, I, just no. <gasps> I know, yeah. God, yes. those things aren't cheap either. No, mate, <laughs> I'm crying inside for you right now. Very little, like sort of crack she's put in it, but still six hours. That's a. It's got to be a record for, for cracking a screen of a very expensive phone. Oh my, yeah, very, very expensive. You could buy a second-hand car. <laughs> <laughs> Ridiculous. There oh well, dude. Oh well, never mind. Um, yeah. we'll, we'll, what we'll do is do. we'll get we'll get a GoFundMe set up for for Matt for a new phone, <laughs> for a new uh, screen. Yeah, and some new. Phone. No, maybe just get insurance. <laughs> Yeah, I should. I, I don't insure uh, devices because I've never had any problems with them. I, you know, I've always kept kept them pretty pretty good. And anyway, never mind. Too late now. Oh, well, never mind. Cool. All right, dude. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, don't let your wife touch your phone again. And I'll speak to you again next week. <laughs> we'll do, matey. See you later. <laughs> See you later. Enjoy our podcast. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Kickback with Chris on iTunes today. Thank you, Matt. As always, always nice to catch up with him in his different places. <laughs> we always manage to chat. And how gutted because those, uh, I think it's a Z Fold that he's got, they aren't cheap. My goodness, when I said you can get a uh, second hand car for about the, you can get a pretty decent second hand car for the amount of money those Z Folds cost. Six hours in a chip screen. Oh, my days. I would have been... I mean, I've got a one-year-old Note 10 Plus and <laughs> I scuffed the case and I'm gutted. <laughs> but anyway, not really laughing matter, but, you know, what, what else can you do? So, yeah, during the chat, we, we discussed the new support group that we've got going. And last Thursday, we had our very first one. Now, I'll be honest with you, I've I've been a part of similar sorts of things to this in the past and i know that there are some groups that are still going on but they're always a bit hit and miss you never can be quite sure what's going to happen whether you're going to be logging on and sat with your coffee by yourself or maybe one other person but it's peaked last thursday we actually had 11 instructors on there which is absolutely awesome and a real good mix we had some people that were um, part of uh, bigger franchises some people that were ex-franchise members some people that were full-time school owners some people that were part-time sort of more hobby instructors a real mix cross-section of young and old experienced uh, brand new just starting out some already online some not on online and it was really really good to 
share ideas, to share problems, to help each other out. And we did actually manage to uh, solve a few problems for some of those instructors there as well. So if you're interested in joining in this week, our next uh, meeting is going to be at 11 o'clock this Thursday. In fact, every week at 11 o'clock on a Thursday. Um, the details are posted in the group, but I will, I'll also uh, tag them if I can manage to work it out. I'll tag him into the show notes. It is via Zoom. Um, ideally, if you can, if you can come on with a, with a webcam or if it's on an iPad or a phone with your camera on, that's great, just so we can see who we're talking with. If not, then that's fine. We do understand um, some of you don't like to be on camera, but we're a nice bunch. It just makes it a little bit more personable. Um, but if you are going to come on and mute your, your microphone and mute your camera and be there, I will just kick you out because that's just a bit weird. We don't, we don't need none of that sort of behaviour. Um, so yeah, uh, Thursday, 11am, come and join on. Um, if you've missed it, don't worry because it's on every single Thursday at 11am, all being well. And what I've also done as well is I've actually set up a private Facebook group. And basically what I mean by that is you can't find it unless you've got the link because I don't want it to turn into some massive notice board for martial arts stuff. Like we, we, we know it can happen quite easily. I'm guilty of it a little bit myself when I'm promoting stuff, but hey, there we go. But yeah, I wanted it to be a group just for the people that are part of the regular discussions. Okay, so I don't want nothing against people that aren't joining in, in the, the meetings, but I don't want you guys in the group. And the reason for that is I want the topics and the conversations that carry on post-meeting to be relevant to the people that are actually in the meeting. So, you know, we're taking the discussion forwards because sometimes we'll finish the meeting and someone will have an idea or someone will come, come across a solution to something or somebody will have a problem or an issue they want to discuss in the following week and they think they might forget. So they can post it in the group. I add it to the notes and then we, we, we talk about it. Think about it as a an interactive real-time podcast. Although... <laughs> Our long-time friend and supporter of the show, Mr. Lucci Delgado, took over last week, didn't you, Lucci, if you're listening? It probably is. <laughs> we don't mind. If There's very few people that I would let come into my group and take over, and I'll tell you what, Lucci's one of them, because he's a top geezer. Um, many of you will know Lucci from the Kaizen Martial Arts Expos, a uh, fantastic expo arguably one of the best ones in the country um, for martial artists to go along and to join in, to network, to train, to teach, to have have a good time. And uh, many a friend, many a, a new business partner made at those events. So yeah, go check that out. Hopefully they will be back in force next year after all of this uh, stuff is finished in the world. And uh, maybe we'll have him back on as a guest soon. Who knows? Anyway, we'll sign off there. Again, little bit of a plug. Don't forget www.justgiving.com forward slash mini go and drop her a few quid she's doing 1021 flips it's flipping knackering how she's doing it I don't know and it's raising money for a good cause if nothing else give the link a share on that also please 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 give the podcast link a share around Facebook you nice people if you have iTunes drop us a review because it really 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 flipping helps if you can so I see that there seamless plug there or seamless link to the Flipping charity thing. I'm getting good at this radio stuff. Okay, maybe I'm not. Anyway, better go practice. <laughs> anyway, guys, catch you next week. All being well. I'm going to aim to keep it regular as I promised I would. Try my best. All right, guys, have a great weekend, day, whatever it is, wherever you are, and I'll speak to you very soon. Brought to you by www.mitmaster.com. <laughs>